Everything letting go. Like a mighty only one inside is jumping out the window. The drama scene decreasing with everything. Crescendo becomes a pain. You feel in your heart beating. You think you get it? I don't think so. Never walked a mile in my shoes. So step back and retract the penny nation. Take a moment to rethink exactly how you think of nation. Don't wear it out. And I'm going to keep on learning how to utter my lyrical iteration. Promoting the celebration. The positive affirmation. Alright. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. Sorry you guys had to hear me rap for a second, but you know what? I, I figure you have very few chances in life uh, to be your authentic and real self in front of other people. Generally speaking, when you're in front of other people, you have to be who other people want you to be or live up to certain expectations of life and this type of thing. And... um Although, yes, I am teaching the Bible on here, I don't want, uh, I don't, I don't want to have to put on this, like, facade of, like, oh, well, I'm this, this, you know, very, uh, you know, humble Christian Bible teacher who has no emotions or feelings or anything like that. Yeah, that's crazy and absurd. Um, so, with that being said, uh, you guys are gonna get probably a little bit more than you bargained for, with that being said, and, um... I mean, and it is the way it is, unfortunately. Uh, we have been on our series. talk. Well, actually, before we get into our series, because we have been talking about the judgments under the divine law, right? And um, on our last episode, we talked about stumbling blocks. Stumbling blocks. Uh, but obviously, um, still a lot of stuff going on within politics and in the world today. Um, don't take the vaccine. I wouldn't. I'm not saying that it has anything to do with the Bible at all or whatsoever, but what I am saying is that um, vaccines have been just historically known to uh, not be good for people. Um, there is so many uh, crazy ingredients in vaccines. Um, I watched a, a couple documentaries and uh, on on it, and man, the research that goes into it, uh, it's it's crazy, guys. It's crazy. Please do not let other people control um, what you put in your body. Don't let people trick you into believing that you have to put other stuff in your body in order to be uh, safe. Um, that is crazy. Well, now that I've given you my own political view, we're going to be talking a little bit about perjury today. You know what perjury is? You know what? I, I, when I really started getting into an understanding of the law and the prophets, guys, and when I really understand it, starting to understand that the law has not been done away with it's actually just changed forms do you guys understand what that means it's just changed form so that is to say we used to observe this law like this but we don't observe it like that any longer we observe it like this this is how we observe it it's the same law but the way in which we understand it observe it perceive it and um, fulfill it is different right the scripture says, do you guys know that Christ is the law embodied? The scripture says that we know, wow, come on here, somebody. This is a revelation that, that the Father is just downloading right now. So in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, the scripture says that uh, we used to regard Christ according to the flesh, but we do not regard him uh, like that any longer. Right. We used to regard Christ, who is the embodiment of the law, according to the flesh. So we used to look on him according to the flesh and, uh, and view him with fleshly eyes. Right. 
but we do not do so any longer. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, guys. And then it goes on to say that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old is past and all things have become new. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't that amazing? So what does that say? If Christ is the embodiment of the law and we once knew him according to the flesh, which is what? The fleshly carnal interpretation. We saw him according to the flesh. We see the law according to the flesh. We think, and when you see according to the, the flesh, um, the only thing the flesh is going to do is hate the law. Uh, the only thing the flesh is going to do is say, I don't understand it. And I'll tell you why the flesh can't understand the law, guys. Um, why those who are in the flesh cannot understand the law, because those who are in the flesh cannot please God. They won't be able to understand, know him. Uh, they, they just won't be able to figure out uh, who he is. There's no way for those who are in the flesh or who are carnally minded minded to know God. Only the spiritual man can understand the things of the spirit. The fleshly man or the natural man does not understand the, understand the things of the spirit. So that's why you have so many people who are in the church system who disregard the law and say that it has been abolished and done away with because they cannot understand it according to the spirit, which uh, tells us a lot. It's very telling, very telling indeed, right? And so we no longer perceive the law according to the flesh any longer either, right? Because we have a new high priest. We're under a new covenant. So the administration of the law has changed, and the way that we perceive the law is different. Now, Paul understood this because Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a master of the law, right? So Paul understood this when he wrote in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, that the law is spiritual, right? And he says in 1 Timothy, he says that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Well, what's the lawful way to, to understand and, and use the law? According to the Spirit, right? Because we have been ushered into, uh, I, not the spiritual realm, but we have been given a, a realm of understanding that comes from and by the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom, right? And so, Anyways, um, sorry, that surge of revelation kind of just comes every every now and then. And this is the kind of stuff that I suppress on these po podcasts uh, because I feel like I need to do the right thing. But you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and scrap all that. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be keeping a, a stack with y'all on here. And um, and that's the way I just do things because, um, you know, I that's just who I am. Um, but uh, hopefully it comes in a, across in a, in a loving and compassionate way. Um, but according to the way that the Father has, has made me, yeah? All right, so we are reading in, let me see here. I'm not exactly sure what, what is this? Uh, I, I literally have no idea what what this is. Well, we're going to read reading about perjury. Um, and this has got to be somewhere in Leviticus. Leviticus something, Leviticus something 16. If a malicious witness rises up against a man to accuse him, of wrongdoing. Then both the men who have the dispute shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who will be in office in those days, and the judges shall investigate thoroughly. And if the witness is a false witness and he has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him just as he has intended to do to his brother. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you, and the rest will hear and be afraid and will never again do such an evil thing among you. Thus you shall not show pity, life for life, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Do you guys hear what is being said? Life for life, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, eye for an eye, foot for foot. Are we seeing what's happening here? So so Jesus, if you if you understand this, uh, the laws of retaliation, Jesus says, Hey, um, 
uh, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. But I tell you, if, if someone slaps you across the cheek, uh, uh, turn to him the other also, right? Why is that, right? So here is the reason why. Because in this, we're talking about someone accusing you falsely. And, and whatever they accuse you falsely of, whatever punishment that they wanted for you, they themselves will receive the same punishment according to the law. So it, what does that do? It, it makes you want to think twice, right, about accusing somebody of doing something because the punishment that you want for them, they will get. And so now you have all these people, and here's the issue, right, because you have all these people who are believers and Christians who are telling other people who are not believers or who are not Christians or even some Christians that they're going to hell and that they're going to burn in, in hell forever and they're going to be tortured. You guys see this? And then they're accusing them, right? They're accusing them, and if they falsely accuse them, then the same punishment that they wish upon them, it will be uh, put on them. Do you guys understand what's going on? Do you guys see why it's evil and, and uh, well, why we just need to, to hold our tongue? Because Jesus himself says the very words that you speak out of your mouth, uh, uh, they will be judged. Um, you're, you'll be judged for every careless word you speak. The justice of the law of God says that if any man bears false witness against his neighbor, that is uh, the person who is accusing him falsely, then that false witness shall receive the full penalty of the very sin that he had accused his brother of doing. The very sin that he accused his brother of doing, he will receive the, 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 the penalty of that very sin. It is a do unto others principle, guys. And the judgment always is going to fit the crime. So false accusation uh, is a very serious, very serious matter, according to God. The more serious the accusation, the more serious the penalty of the law. And yet we are so very quick to accuse other people. And sometimes on the most circumstantial, uh, circumstantial of evidence, even though we know that we cannot provide our charges lawfully. For example... Christians sometimes think it is their calling and duty to expose other Christians as false preachers. And as possible, uh, excuse me, as many other false preachers as possible to rid the church of all the wolves in sheep clothing. They go on crusades, they dig up all the dirt they can, and any past discretion, any misstatements that can be twisted into proving that they, those people over there, they're not true Christians. And then they go directly into their pulpits and denounce these people or uh, in our uh their, their pulpits or uh, on TikTok, their media, social media platforms. Um, do these people have the love of God in their hearts? Hardly. Not a chance, guys. There's not a chance that this is a reality for them. One should not love a wolf after all. Hence, one has proved, once one has proved the man to be a wolf, there's no fully f further need to treat him with love. Do they ever go to the accused to verify the accusations or their evidence? Probably not. Usually not. And this is comparable to hanging a man without a trial because we all know, quote-unquote, he's guilty anyways. Nicodemus, you guys remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus uh, was the one that came to Jesus at nighttime, and he's the one who Jesus spoke in uh, John 3.16. That's who he was talking to when he was saying these things to him. And uh, he talked about being born again also. In John, chap excuse me, in John chapter 7, verse 50, we read this, 50 and 51. Nicodemus said to them, uh, he who came before to him before, that is Jesus, being one of them, our law does not judge a man, 
unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? Our does Allah does not judge a man unless it first hears what he is doing and knows, right? It it's uh it's very important, right? And there's a lot of people who, who they will just straight up call you a false teacher, a heretic, a a false prophet or, or whatever, just because they love to use that language. They love to accuse people because they're fleshly. They're carnal. That's what they do. It's what they're all about. And that's fine for them for right now because God's allowing it. But the reason I'm bringing out this teaching is so that in case that is you or in case that you have fallen into that sin uh, to to stop, stop doing that um, because it's not good. It is not good for you. It's not good for other people. Um and it's 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 uh it's wrong guys it's very wrong so this idea guys this form of perjury it's committed daily in christian pulpits across the nation uh and especially I- I- the pulpit of tiktok the social media platform it's masked with love perfumed with scripture dressed up in sincerity but it smells like dung what does the law say about perjury it says that the accuser shall receive the penalties, the law's penalty, for being a wolf in sheep's clothing, the very thing the accuser attempted to lay upon the other person. It is a very, very serious matter to accuse something or someone of not being a true Christian, particularly when we judge by appearance rather than knowing the person's heart by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit revelation. And it is only by such revelation that we can truly know if a man is a Christian or not. So I personally met uh, a lot of heart Christians uh, which the church has condemned and judged by appearance. And some judge by the length of hair, or how, about, or how well they dress, or the denominational uh, affiliations. And there are also many outward Christians who were well-respected in the church, whose hearts were in total rebellion against God. It's crazy, guys. It is dangerous to pronounce guilt and accuse on the basis of hearsay. Well, Let's uh let's check this out too because this is very very important, um you know so there's there's certain people who who get caught up in some stuff maybe it be adultery or uh, some type of fornication or uh, mon- money laundering or some type of m- financial um, lawless behavior right so newscasters will report these these um, these preachers or pastors that they've done something wrong and bad and they're not always really fully aware of the truth nor do do they tell the full truth right they're not they're interested in telling a story right selling newspapers getting people to 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 click that bait they don't care if the person has paid the penalty for their sin or if they have been forgiven been forgiven by god do you guys understand that some people actually have to pay the penalty for their sin do you understand that some people are are given grace from god but that there are people who are paying the penalty for their sins. We have made Jesus this, uh, of course, this 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 almost means to an end. And the way that we have preached Jesus in this this day and age, it is, oh yeah, well Jesus did it all, so I never will ever have to stand in judgment for any sin that I've ever done. You guys see how crazy that sounds? Uh, I, essentially, if you know that you can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it and you know that you'll never stand in judgment for it, then what stops you from doing what you want to do whenever you want to do it? Hello? What stops you? Nothing. Because God will forgive you. 
right? But we don't teach and we don't understand in the modern church, at least the modern church doesn't understand. And I don't really, to be honest, I do not, not necessarily affiliate myself, myself with the, not only the modern church, but the institutionalization of the church. The institutionalized church is not, um, is the lawless bride, guys, the harlot. And um, in fact, the scripture says t- for, for you to come out of her, my people, come out of that that bride, come out of her, my people. Um, this might be a word for you right now. It might not be for you for right now. Don't 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 judge me off, off of saying this. I'm j- I'm telling you what the scripture says. I'm telling you that the institution of the church, when something becomes institution, uh, then man's law is regarded more highly than the law of God. I'm just gonna s- say that right now. When s- when something becomes institutionalized, then man's law becomes more highly regarded than God's law. Man's tradition rises above the love of, of the love of God, really. It takes the place of God. Um it is it is the spirit of man and his his interpretation that that takes precedent over the, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's interpretation. Okay? So everything gets all twisted and c- discombobulated. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit's not there. I'm not saying that he doesn't still move and work and do what he does, right? He still makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's some people who are raised up in those churches. They don't know anything different. They have no idea. They're being sincere. They're being and doing the best with what they have, um, with what they have. That's it. They're truly seeking the Father. There's no judgment on those types of people. There is judgment on those types of people who are s- not stewarding well what the Father has given them. Or, um, or for those people who are in leadership who are treating uh, their people wrong. Okay? Um, or if they're using and teaching and, and killing their congregation by the dead letter of the law. The dead letter of the word. Right? Did you know that the word is a sword? Did you know that the dead letter of the word of God is a sword too? Just as much as the living word it's sharper than any two-edged sword is is a sword too do you know there's two swords one is meant uh for the purpose of of good and one is meant for the purpose of evil and destruction and that destruction looks like really the um it's really like a killing of messiah inside of people guys i know we're getting deep i don't i don't want to go too deep with you right now but i'm i'm just telling you what what the truth i'm just telling you what's what's happening um and this is why I do not identify with, with the modern church. I, I, I do believe that there are many believers out there um, who love the Father, who are in church, and who are in the church system. And I used to be in the church system, and I think that um, everyone just has to be led as the Father leads them. But I think that as you grow in maturity, as you grow up in, in Christ, you're going to find yourself against the tradition by trying to keep the laws of God and trying to honor the Father. And people will not like you for it. I'm going to stay straight up because I've been kicked out of a couple churches for that purpose. Uh, I- exactly. So with that being said, uh, some people will pay the penalty for their sin. Do you guys remember David? Um, do you guys remember David? Uh, that He slept with uh, Bathsheba and he had a child with her. The initial child. Did you know that the initial child died? Isn't that sad? Heartbreaking. Bathsheba had a child with David, and he died. um, It's like God took the firstborn, yeah? Uh, Almost like he did with uh, the Egyptians. 
Remember when he took the firstborn from the Egyptians? Well, he took the firstborn from David, guys. Do you, do you understand that, that that was a punishment for David? Do you know that God said that that would happen to his son because of what he did? Do you think that God forgave him uh, of that? No, guys. He had to pay the penalty for that. He didn't give him grace on that. He spared his life. He spared David's life. He spared David's life. And in that way, it's it's somewhat grace. But what happened, that, that, was, that was a debt being paid right there, guys. You guys see? The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And someone's going to pay it. And it might look like outright death, or it might look like mortality working itself out in you. So it might look like sickness, disease, toils, struggle, pain. It's death. When he says the wages of sin is death, the ultimate death that we're talking of is, is mortality. But mortality working out in your body takes many forms. Mortality works out in your body. Mortality works out through uh, in your soul. Depression, sadness, fear, anxiety. Um, mortality works out. Uh, itself in your relationships, bad relationships, um, non-committal, uh, cheating, uh, adultery, um, idolatry, um, the idolization of your spouse, uh, those types of situations, those types of things. So that being said, guys, uh, y you need to be so, so careful about willful sin you have to be so careful about the sin that you are doing willfully that you don't think that you're ever going to stand in judgment for i used to believe that i was never going to stand in judgment for any of the sins that i committed because jesus had washed it away that's not true guys and the more that you understand and know the more you're going to be accountable too you understand what i'm saying you guys understand this so this isn't a game this isn't a joke guys this is this is our lives right and if you want to go filly-nilly and, and go live your life and, and be, uh, be sure, be sure that you will stand in judgment for everything that you speak, for everything that you do, for every thought that you have, you will. You'll stand in judgment for it, for sure. And um, the, best, the best route to take by far is to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, uh, clear, purify your heart. And, and ask the Father to change you and transform you because you know that you cannot do it for yourself. Um, and then stop trying to change yourself into what you think God might like. Don't do that. Are y'all hearing me? I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't. I don't know if you guys are hearing me or not. But if I was going to preach, this is what I'd be preaching on right now. This is exactly how I preach. I don't have no notes in front of me. I got nothing here. It's this is just, it's just the Father. It's just His revelation, and it's just what I feel like He's He's telling me to to speak on, and what He's telling me to do. So, um, so either the person pays for the penalty, or or uh, or they're forgiven for by God. Um, and sometimes uh, it's one, and sometimes the other. Sometimes I think it might be both, even two. Um, but. We may expect such perjury from non-Christians, but this not ought to be done by Christians. What does the scripture say about forgiven sinners? What does the scripture say about sinners who are forgiven? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is the, it is the one who justified. God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of the Father? 
who also intercedes for us. And only a few people would dare to stand up and deliberately accuse another man falsely. But untold millions of people over the centuries have been quick to commit perjury, and they didn't even know it, guys. This is the great tragedy of the church. We are so quick to accuse people falsely. And in doing so, we ourselves come under the divine law. How is that possible? How is it possible that you come under divine law for accusing somebody falsely? Well, firstly, you're not allowed to accuse people falsely. So that's why you should be quick uh, uh, to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, right? But also, um, it's dangerous. Why? Because if a thief pays the penalty for their sin, and it might be the case that God allows them to pay the penalty by going through some hardship, he might take away something from them. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? That's how we pay the penalty for sin, that you can pay the penalty for your sin. And we're just talking about the consequences of your sin, which is mortality being uh, worked out in, through you, around you. Okay? You reap what you sow. If a thief pays the penalty for sin and receives forgiveness for it, then he is under grace. Right. If he pays a penalty and receives forgiveness for it, then he is under grace. And if anyone condemns that person for his past sins, do you know what he is guilty of? Perjury. Why? Because he's already been forgiven, which means you can't accuse him of something falsely. You're accusing him of something that he's already been forgiven of. Some of y'all have been in relationships. Some of y'all in relationships right now. Some of y'all had a past relationship where, oh, you remember when you did this and yada, yada, and you was doing this? Not cool, guys, especially if you're a believer. You cannot be doing that kind of stuff. Well, it looks like this is about time to, to kind of cut out, guys. But blessings to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I really hope that this spoke something to you because it, it was touching my soul uh, indefinitely. Um blessings to you guys let me know if you need anything uh i will see you guys on our next episode when we talk about the law of double witnesses the law of double witnesses on the evidence of two or three witnesses a matter shall be confirmed or established two or three witnesses all right guys blessings to you see you next episode